0: Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah
1: and Steve.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive, your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world. Coming at you from Fort Worth, Texas and grand prairie texas today because we got a special guest and also micah couldn't join us today he's handling some important matters uh our thoughts and prayers are with him and, and so we'll we'll talk more on that in the future in a future episode but uh so it's me stevie stacks and i'm excited to come at y'all we're going to talk some short-term rentals we're going to talk some co-hosting some some management you know this is what we do and we got a special guest joining us his name is Federico Zimmerman, or as I call him, Federico, give me a second, Zimmerman. And um, he's, he is uh, half of, uh, you know, the the company I co-founded with him, uh, Argus Rentals. I'm excited to have him on the show. He's a repeat guest and he's doing so many things in the short-term rental world. He's the STR guide. He's the, he's the safety guy. He's the, you know, manages a big, portfolio properties and so i'm excited to have him on to pick his brain because he's hard hard guy to get a hold of because he's so busy sometimes and so uh welcome to the show federico thank
1: you steve give me a second uh, let's get started (laughs) (laughs) yeah let me explain on that i I think i already did on the show but uh you know it's technology nowadays so whenever uh, steve calls me he's like give me a second because i need to figure out my bluetooth because you know i had two t- pair of headsets and it's going to to the car to, to to the phone whatever it is it drives me crazy so it's like give me a second so i can figure it out where am i where am i speaking out of <laughs> <laughs> yes sir
0: and um
1: so you know
0: we we've told your story on this show before you want to give a little refresher just a, a quick little elevator refresher yeah the-
1: absolutely so like, like very quickly um i'm originally from argentina i'm 32 married with uh very kids, so I had two dogs and a cat. <laughs> um, I moved to America in November. So my story, um, when I was twenty or nineteen, yeah, twenty, I started working at American Airlines in Argentina. Uh, I started my career in the airline industry and everything related to hospitality, well, service industry, tourism, uh, travel, hospitality, and customer service especially, and systems, right? Because I was in the reservations, um department and I was in the uh, training department so I was training all the offices around the world so I got to travel quite a bit over a million miles over 60 countries which was amazing Um, and yeah during COVID with you know I met Steve a couple of years back Um, that's you (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah we we, we started with the short-term rental part um I'll say more than three years ago so I got started in short-term rental hosting my, my 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 room my spare room want to start first then you brought me in with with my cats to, to you know start co-hosting and, and managing some of the Airbnb accounts and then we started our just out of the necessity of um the lack of good property management companies out that were just worthy in a growing space because this is just like you know COVID and then post COVID, what happened is that we saw a lot of that what is called revenge travel, that people were so eager to travel and so much demand. And it was a great moment to grow your Airbnb portfolio, but management companies were not not up to 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 the to the standards expected, right? And well, yeah, so that that's how we got started. And then we started with our first property in Fort Worth together, some in Dallas. Then some people started to reach out, like, hey guys, you're doing a good job. So can you manage a property? Um, that's how we start scaling, right?
0: Yeah, man, it's um, <laughs> it was like uh, sink or swim, man. Hey, you want to help? We like what you're doing with your properties, and you were fortunate enough to escape a certain uh, wrath of of a management company that had their grip on a few of our friends. And yeah. could could you? Uh, we're jumping off ship from them. Could you help us? You know, and that's that's what's cool about about what you know we're doing currently you know we're, we're all we've always been networking and meeting other people but um you're just keeping those channels open because when something like that happens when a, a friend uh you know falls out with a certain uh with a company that's doing a bad job even if they say right now you know we, we have a management company we're good you never know what's going to happen in the future and you just always be you know that's why we share so much, you know, with this show has been sharing with people for, for like six years now. And then you're sharing all your content uh, online, uh, the STR Guide. Uh, look them up at STR Guide, you know, on, uh, on Instagram and all that. And so um, just sharing and always uh, having an abundancy mindset, you know, and any question like and we we're talking about a friend named Sarah. Uh, she had questions and stuff like that. We were always happy to answer her her questions or help or whatever she needed, you know, she helped us get our start in Fort Worth, which we're forever grateful for. And so in turn, you know, we helped her whatever you need, Sarah, we'll manage for free, maybe not forever, but we'll, we'll measure, you know, we'll, we'll do whatever we can to help you. Cause you helped us. It's just, if you think of life like that and business like that, man, you're just going to
1: grow exponentially. It, it is amazing. That, that's what I've been experiencing in the, in the last couple of weeks since I started the the short the STR guide, which is this this Instagram account, that is, you know, I just started sharing information. I, I've been sharing a lot of free guides, some free things I've been developing, just to help people, right? Um you know, it, it is funny because early today I, we we had a meeting, like Steve and I, we had a meeting, and, and we we're talking about you know some intrapersonal stuff and you know some some traits that you bring from 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 childhood and and how you 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 carry some some weights right in uh on your back. Uh, and I don't think, you know, sometimes you assume that what you know is something that everyone should know just because you know you're not above the rest. Like I don't feel like I'm better than anyone. I just have the experience, right? Uh, and I and I'm saying that I am. I'm just saying that you know sometimes you don't put the value of your on your experience. And then when you talk to people, you realize well, I can actually provide a lot of value for some people just because of the experience that I have for the things that I live because I already did it. And as we like to say, we're already fucked up, so you don't have to fuck up, <laughs> right? Um yeah, sorry for the R rated uh show already. <laughs> um but but that, that's the truth. And I, I and you know I'm i from, from, from what, what, what you know, a lot of networking I've been doing lately and participating with some of the events that SARA's been doing. Uh and one of the girls she 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 reached out because she had a Sarah Glidewell from the Carwells. Yeah, so so you know she she had a mentorship and and I've been joining and, and and sharing some knowledge in the mentorship and she invited me to Chicago to the graduation of the two first classes it was amazing what, what she set up I mean you know I praise to her um I you know I met some people and and they were reaching out um one of the girls uh, from the mentorship she she had um her cleaner car catch on fire by the house and um. It, it, it just it burned the side of the house and she had to repair and cancel reservations and you know she didn't know how to deal with that and how to cancel the reservations of Airbnb and for that it's like a day-to-day thing I explain how to go through the process to her you no know, it's just because I know she was desperate and she needed some help it's like what would you do it's like listen, do this this and that so Airbnb is going to cancel the reservations with no penalty uh etc 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 and she was like wow I didn't say about that and then she had another issue the, like later on it's like okay this is the way that you should, ha- I will handle it. And maybe it, w- it will be, you know, the way that, that you can do it. So that was yesterday and today she was like so grateful. Hey, you know what, what you told me to do and I would, I would have never thought about that. And it worked and I was able to cancel out a reservation. Uh, you know, and I, I think that that is great because, you know, getting started in this in this industry, I think one of the challenges is really understanding what is actually valuable uh what is valuable information and it's just people trying to get you hooked into a type of scheme mm. uh, mentorship that is not worth or something like that so i always say i have my non-bs people to go to so <laughs> i'll say Lilith thrive sean uh the car walls, and then you know there are a bunch that, that i really trust and i know that they, they're sharing information and if, if you know if you're paying for any of their knowledge that they share with a value you're gonna actually get value from the not only the, the knowledge, but actually from the um, network that you're gonna be getting into and the circle and and the people you're gonna be working with and and getting to know, because that's the other part. Is like the people you surround yourself is gonna have such a big influence on in what you do that it's gonna push you to do better and amazing things. So that that that's another thing that I'm, I'm a big believer of. Mm. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, I'm so excited because this last couple of weeks I've been meeting so many people. Uh, and, and, and I'm just you know ready to keep growing. Man, that's that's a lot to unpack right there,
0: but that's yeah. what we're here for. Um, I want I want to start. I want to start. Sure. That's this question. Salud, you know, <laughs> I'll put some, I'll add something to my tea in a minute. Um <laughs> Because we kind of touched it, we had a meeting, and, and meetings. I'll tell you, if if you're gonna have a company, you know, a partnership, or a company with employees, meetings are, are you know, are pretty crucial. I, I'm learning that. We're yeah. learning that because, um you know, working in corporate America or whatever, meetings every say, oh, there's a meeting and blah blah blah. Oh, everybody just, uh, you know, just. But especially in a small business, you know, it it really helps to realign everything because it. Just, just stepping, just um, people going, you know, here, like, like a football team, you know, American football. I say they all get a huddle before each play, right? This is what we're gonna do, right? All right, you're gonna go this way, this way. Ready, break. You know, they break and they go and then they run that play, right? Imagine if they didn't huddle and, and plan out the next play or the next play after that or the next play or they just kept doing the same play over and over or something or someone over here decided to do something different. It just gets, it gets out of whack. You have to bring it back in the huddle and, and, and go over and, and realign the, the focus again you know and i'm so happy we did yeah. that today and, and it's and it's cool that we're doing a podcast today together but yeah um from that from that meeting we had one thing stood out um and and it's like we're i mean there's so many things that stood out but one of it was like, um, like we just we did we we were thrown into this into like uh, managing for other people, and, and this show is gonna be heavy on the, on the management and the and the co hosting side. That's what people want to hear, and that's what we that's what we do. We you know we love to talk about it too. But but um, one thing that stood out is I think we we said, man, if if we could if we could do it all over again, we we would do this instead. And so, what are some of the things like if, if someone right now listening and say, man, this, this, you know, co hosting or, or, or management sounds really cool. You know, I could dive in. I don't have to pay, use any of my own money. I don't have to put my name on leases. I don't got to do whatever, buy furniture. I could just help someone else out and make a small percentage or make a percentage of what they're making, you know? And uh, I want, I want to do that. And so, what would you like mistakes that like you did, we did, what would you do
1: different if you were starting it from, from day one over again? well that that's a great question um there are so many things i would do differently um you know i I think it starts from from the starting point i think you and i we both have a, a work ethic where we really trust and like to do things for people that we will think that people will really value and then we take for granted that and you know and then we end up doing things for free. <laughs> so I'll say, you know, be very clear on the scope of your management, what's going to be included and what's not going to be included, and what should be invoiced. Right. So I'll say that's one of the things that in the beginning is it's a little bit hard to draw the line, but that's something that if you can do it from the start and saying, okay, this is what these are my responsibilities, and this is something that you, that is going to be your responsibility, you know, because. When you start having clients especially if you've never had clients before you want to be complacent and you know do everything for them but um that can get you in trouble because then you know you're going to be overworked you're going to feel undervalued and underappreciated sometimes i'm not saying by all of your clients but it's something we experience sometimes um so i'll say that's number one number two is really try to find your target audience same as we, we we talk about that when it comes to renting your property in an Airbnb and you want to have your target audience and understanding who you are targeting when you are setting up your pre- place you want to do the same thing for your management company or co-hosting it's like okay what type of properties or what locations do we want to do we want to co-host mm-hmm. and you know for locations we, we we manage everywhere and that's not an issue but we start to decide on, okay, these are the places, these are the type of properties that we wanna manage this way. These are the type of properties we wanna manage this way because, you know, managing a large luxury house and managing a one bedroom apartment in a class B building, class C building, you know, are two different, total, total different things. And the funny thing is that maybe the luxury house is going to be less work than the class C building, hmm. just because we're going to be dealing with less complaints, less, less refunds, less less problems. Um, but again, it's, it's, it, uh, in the beginning, I think we were eager to, you know, grow the business, grow the company and take everyone. everyone's welcome here. We're going to manage everything. And then we we'll started to say, OK, maybe this is not, not a fit. Uh, this is not for us. And another thing, if I can add, and let me know if I'm talking too much, but another thing I'll add is definitely also work on limiting the owner or or clarifying the owner responsibilities and involvement on the day-to-day operation. You know, getting owners to step into the property, it it could be an issue, getting owners reading at at every message and getting, you know, um, providing real-time feedback on the messages that you're sending to to your guests. is going to put a lot of pressure on you. And your team if you have a team Hmm. because it's awful to be sending a message and seeing that they're reading and you know commenting on top it's like let me figure it out myself that's how we're going to learn and then you can give me your feedback if you want to Hmm. yeah
0: and we've (laughs) we've learned all these lessons the hard way i would say uh one thing just automatically comes to mind is when when um we were like man we were just looking at this number Oh man, it would be so great to get to fifty properties, right? Oh yeah. And it was like we we just because we started growing and we started you know getting properties and and then we just wanted more and more. We didn't care what it was. And I remember you started you started reaching out to people on on Airbnb, and then uh, that's when you found a certain client. In our same area, and, and, and oh yeah, I got like twenty properties. Y'all can have all of them. Like, Holy crap! We just picked up. 20 we just hit fifty properties, man. This is this is amazing. It's a miracle. And then, oh my god, that was the worst thing that could have possibly happened to us because. Oh, yeah. We were coming, we were coming out of pocket to pay for things like sofas that didn't have legs and, and putting a mattress that had stains and all kinds of craziness all over it and swap. We were swapping things out. I was over there every freaking week. I was like, so pissed at you sending me to these ghetto units. Oh, <laughs> but it was so, it was so bad. And we're like, man, we're this is never happening again. You know, we're never, it, we're never picking up just any units even though it sounded like hey they're in the same complexes that we're at right it's supposed to be easy this is like uh this is this is next door neighbors we're managing you know but it was so bad and they didn't want to pay for any upgrades we were paying stuff out of our own pocket and hoping to get reimbursed by them it was just like such a clusterfuck right and so but we learned the hard way man we can't just take on anybody we don't Mm -hmm. want any of these you know not all the clients and and especially, I mean, there's so many red flags. A client, why do I have to pay for that? Why don't you just, you know, you pay for it and then inv- Fuck that, you know. Why are we paying for things? This is your Airbnb. You're, you know, I'm yep. starting to get heated up a little bit. But we don't <laughs> want clients like that. As soon as if, if if a client gives a certain, now we know. If a client gives a certain pushback, ah, uh, yeah. Why don't you just um, pay for everything and then invoice? No, 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 no. It's not going to happen that way. We, we lay, we're laying the groundwork now, right? We keep a. Oh yeah. Keep a credit card on file or whatever. If something comes up, you know, yes, we can handle it, but it's going to come out of your money. We're not going to be extending ourselves to bankruptcy to pay for all these people's properties. That's just
1: one example. Man, and the other thing, you know, the, the, I would say right now, more more than the type of property itself, what I'm looking for is working with people that have the the, mind, the, the right mindset, which is hospitality. I think something that, that that many of you may know already is that with cheap debt, three percent interest rate, a lot of people jump into real estate, and a lot of the people who jump into real estate thought, okay, how can get, what can I do, you know, with this property? How can I get the most return on this investment? I'm also gonna put it on Airbnb because I heard someone in Instagram that is a passive income type of thing, right? Um, so. Those people do not have a hospitality mindset. They only want to see a return on the investment and they want to maximize the margins, not understanding that maximizing your margins sometimes means is spending money on items that's going to have a return on the investment. It means spending time and effort and, you know, being complacent to your guests and maybe give them treats or certain refunds or something that happen to get better reviews in order to get more business. But they do not understand. Some people do not understand that. Mm. And, you know, I have someone that doesn't have like the best property, but it has that mindset of hospitality and understands what we're doing a refund when we're doing something like that. Than someone that has an amazing property, but when something breaks, they don't Mm -hmm. want to replace it. Uh, and they want us to 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 you know uh, claim the the ass out of someone uh, for for a small little thing, hmm. uh, and that's something I actually experienced. So one one of the properties that actually was you know making the most, the one of our higher grossing properties that we had, which is fired the client because I really got frustrated at a point where this is like this property is making a lot of money, but it's making is 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 you know dragging my energy hmm. and it's making me miserable and it's starting to affect on my personal day to day because i'm having lunch with my wife and i have to be dealing with you know this shitty situation because she she's expect she was expecting so this is a property with a pool and the pool pump wasn't working so there was a storm the night before so i wanted to send someone to scoop the pool because it was full of leaves and and and, and you know dirt and you know the guests pay for a property with a pool and they want to clean pool i was like well they should have they should have known the expectation should have been set that the pool, the, the pump was not working, it's like, but no expectation. They book a place with a with a, with a working pool. When a working pool, if it, break down, it broke down, we need to send someone to clean it. Not tell them that it's, it's broken, so you have to, you know, suck it up. So that are many, many things. It's like, you know, I sent a mail, an email the other day. It's like, hey, this is a report for the month. I sent a report at the end of the month to, to every client, just letting them know like their occupancy and revenue and operating expense at p um, I was like, by the way, this month, you were in the top 20% properties in your market. And didn't hear about that. I only, I only heard about was a negative review about another guest. So <laughs> You know, it it, it it is hard because when you're your own boss, you know, and the owner of the company, you're not going to have someone butting your back all the time. But you want to, you know, if you're telling your client that you're on the top 20% of your market, you want to hear like, hey, thank you for that just Mm. a thank you not even like you're doing an amazing job just you know thank you for for doing that not even that so you know it became increasingly frustrating um at the end of this like we can i I, i'm sure if we get rid of this property we can replace that income with other clients i rather manage for three people with three different properties than one person with this property that is being such a headache Mm. I mean, I, I know she's a nice person. It's not It's not, 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 not a personal problem. It's like the way of doing business. She doesn't have the mindset. The way that, that her personality works, she doesn't have... I, I don't think she has higher em, emotional intelligence where she understands the the, the needs of the hospitality business. Mm. So that, that's something I'll definitely, you know, tell everyone. is If you're getting into short-term rentals, if you want to be a co-host and you want to get started in co-hosting, you need to ask yourself, do I you have the emotional intelligence to deal with people that are going to have stupid questions people are going to be frustrated just because they're in a new place people are going to be frustrated because of traveling on a week that may they may may rather stay home but have to travel for work so you're going to be dealing with that or if you're a pure numbers person
0: maybe get someone on your team that has that emotional (laughs) intelligence to do all that stuff for you because it's a mix it ain't just numbers man it's an art it's a science
1: it's math it's all of that you need to understand that people have different personalities and and you know and, and it's not that one is worse than the other. It's just like they they, they work for different stuff. So I you know, I, I really like going a little bit on, on the educational part of my 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 previous job. We used to work since I was, you know, doing the training. I had the luck to have an amazing boss that trained us in many different types of learning theories. And there's one that I love from 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 Howard Garden. He was a um He's a, a psychologist from Harvard and he developed the multiple intelligence theory, right? And he says that there are different type of intelligences. You have like musical, visual, sp- spatial, uh, intrapersonal, interpersonal, um, logical, mathematical, linguistic. So, you know, every person has a different type of intelligence that is stronger than the other intelligences. So it is good for you, you know, when you get into a new venture, and a new business to understand yourself okay am i good for sales am i good for hospitality or am i, am I as you're saying a numbers person right so mm. if you have a property and you're not good with, with with people the best idea is to you know find a co-host find a management company now if you want to be a manager a property manager for short-term rentals you need to understand you're gonna have to deal with a lot of people and different emotions of people in different states mm. It's all that, man. It's
0: all that. And, and we can go on and on about that, but I oh, want to yeah. jump to another topic before we, that's something that's pressing for us, but it's going to be, it's going to present itself to you arbitragers out there, right? And, and we, we are arbitragers ourselves. We have several arbitrages. I don't know. We have like 10, 15, who knows? We got a bunch. Uh, and then we have a bunch of management, you know, more management than arbitrage. But anyways, we deal in both worlds. We deal in both worlds. All three worlds, if yeah. you consider owning, but that's a different story. Um, so, a, a question I had for you, Federico, uh, <laughs> Freddie, Fetty, Fitty, Fitty, whatever you want to call them. My multiple um, names. <laughs> what do you do? Let me see. Oh, I'm trying to. How did I word this question? It was a nice question. Oh, how do you handle? How do you handle slumlord arbitrages? which I I I'll go and say I'll specify a little more. So when you have you jump into a place, it looks good, they they renovated a place, it looks nice, got all the new shiny, you know, finishes and stuff. Wow, it's going to be a great Airbnb or a short-term rental. And you go sign the lease, boom boom boom, start getting bookings, everything's fine for the first couple months maybe, maybe the first month, maybe two months. And then down the line, everything starts falling apart, and they don't fix nothing. And everything on the exterior falls apart, and they don't fix it. They just turn into total slum lords. But you're stuck with these leases. How do you handle situ- How do you handle situations like that? First of all, how do you prevent getting into those situations? Man,
1: I mean that that's a multiple part uh, question and answer uh, because it's something that we actually experience. Um, I will say first of all. Before signing in, we'll just try to find as much information as possible about the management company. You know, if if we're we're talking about, you know, apartment complexes here, so houses, it may be a little bit more difficult because, you know, it's a single, usually single homeowner, uh, landlord. So it's a little bit rough to get all the information. But if you're, if we're talking about apartment complexes, I'll say, try to find them in Google, try to see what properties they already have. If it's a new property, but they have all the running properties, try to go to those other properties, get inside, see how they're dealing with like trash in the hallways, trash around the building, Um, you know, to get a sense of how that property is going to be in a couple, in a few months. You know, just mm. to get started. Um, Once you're stuck with a, with a, with a property like that, you're going to have to do two things, I'll say. Number one is finding a way... For you to get people inside that they're gonna be an audience that they're gonna deal with the situation with it with the the environment without being a constant cancel and refund uh scenario so what we did here is we understood that the buildings where we're operating that became that type of building were not a safe space for uh you know people above 40 years old i was saying average they didn't feel comfortable so people in the 20s Early thirties, they were fine with it. Older than that, usually it was more problematic, which, you know, I think with age, you you, you start to try to find more comfort. I experienced that. So, you know, in those buildings, you have a lot of people, you know, smoking weed in, in units, uh, the units and the whole smell like like weed. Um, I mean, whether you like it or not, it's just like, you know, it's maybe uncomfortable for a lot of people, uh, full with trash, you know, homeless people are around that may, may try to sneak inside. So the about that is, okay, so you already know that your price point is gonna have to be lower because even though your place may look great inside, if the apartment around, the building around the apartment is falling apart, um, you're not, you, you know you're gonna be dealing with a refund cancellations for that. Um, so what we did in that case is, okay, we're gonna talk to young people, younger, so we're gonna change your title or description or photos or amenities for people that are coming to town to have fun or try to get it for people that are staying, you know, for longer stays in between places with, uh, in a budget. Uh, and that's been working out pretty well, I will say. So we were able to stay afloat. Um, I'll say all of those apartments, and it's a bunch of apartments we have with them, um, ended up being a, a profitable investment. Now that that that's the interesting part. You, I'm saying we have a bunch of uh, with them. So this is a situation that that deteriorated over over time. So when when we got started, it wasn't this bad. The problem is that this this building complex had a building model, a business model. Sorry, where they allow everyone to do short term rentals. Hmm. So if you search for properties that allow short term rentals, you know sometimes they're hard to find. Here they're welcoming them. So it got crowded with operators. So every building was. A hotel, um, a hostel. <laughs> now we reached out at some point to to, to the management company and say, "Hey, listen, we're professional operators. We can run all of the buildings. We can the apartments. We can do you know some type of deal, um, and we can run all of them professionally. And it's gonna be better for everyone." They didn't want to do that, and now you have a lot of unprofessional operators, and these buildings are becoming you know um, really tough because a lot of people they don't know what they're doing. They're just you know set, staging the, the places very cheaply. And by staging the place very cheaply, attracting cheap uh, guests, in terms of not the best guests. And, you know, and we've seen it all over there. We've seen it all. You know, looking on the ring cameras, we've seen people running naked. We've seen people with guns. We've seen everything. <laughs> so it wasn't supposed to be like that. We, we said that the place is great. It wasn't that, like that when we started. We just got, you know, in that situation, just because we were surrounded by a lot of unprofessional operators. and. Then management did not take care of the business. Hmm.
0: Um, I guess you know, we didn't do everything our due diligence, you know, but but it started out okay at some spots, and we made some money, and we, of course, we learned a ton of lessons. You know, mm-hmm. if we would have started off with perfect properties, we wouldn't have learned half the lessons we did by starting oh. off with these. Cause yeah, yeah, we, we, we got, you know, we got thrown into the battle. So <laughs> we were, we learned a lot by, by throwing into the battle. And, uh, and especially as sharpen our edges with, um, claims and bad reviews and all that stuff and, and battling all that stuff. It's really, it really helps us out in that regard. So like if we have Absolutely. a great, if we have a great property that's, that's, you know, someone puts a little bitty, you know, bad thing or, or, or uh, break something or whatever we, it's like, it's easy, you know, because we went through it with the, with the ghetto properties, right? Man, it's
1: even easy to claim $3,000 <laughs> nowadays for us. Um, So, so that, that is a problem. Yeah. So I, I, I guess, you know,
0: on my end, I would say, first of all, you know, and it's hard to when, you when you're beginning because you don't have any any um, business credit or business history or nothing like that when starting off. But we've had these properties so long that we've had them before we had all that, you know. So we were putting them in our own names and, and that was a big mistake because we can't just, you know, let's just say these went to total shit and it was a war zone at these places that we wanted to pull out, Right. We're still, you know, legally liable for these leases and it would affect our personal credits and all that stuff. So it's kind of it sucks. But if we would have had a LLC that just dealt with these particular properties and it got to the point where it's so bad we're putting people in unsafe situations, stuff like that, we could just say, Hey, screw it. We're 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 pulling out, you know, um, ghetto properties LLC is folding, filing mm-hmm. bankruptcy. Go ahead and Go after it all you want, it's bankrupt now, whatever, you know. So we would have we would have been safe in that regard. We're learning all this stuff, the business structure now. And, and um, it's very important to get these properties into into LLCs, you know, or one yep. LLC for a cluster of properties over here. That even if hey, I'm gonna take a chance on this one, you know, and I'm not sure it's kind of on the border of the ghetto, but it's kind of really nice, you know. We had that if we had that cluster in LLC and say, hey, listen, we'd have a lot more leverage too. Listen, y'all fix these problems, or we're just gonna fold the LLC. We're gonna pull out. You know, you can't come after us. You can come after the LLC all you want, but it's you know, whatever. Um, so that's the first that's the first point, you know. will do whatever you can. And we do that now. We put our properties in LLCs, which is you know, yeah. we learned our lessons. Um now now um another thing is uh, we should you should have a lawyer or or someone like that to to draw up things in your in your you know, to put into the lease to at least don't have to be one-sided. First of all, um, you definitely want to put in addendums, like in case of city, cause that's happening now. It's still happening. The cities are banning Airbnb. Dallas is going through that. These, these units happen to be in Dallas. So we don't know how that's going to pan out yet. We know what they want to do. It might, it might go into place. It might not. If it goes into place, it wipes out 90, 97% of operators, which is crazy. Um, all of the all of the neighborhoods, houses and neighborhoods are going to be wiped out. Plus, uh, you can only do three percent in apartments. So I was like, yeah, ninety seven percent of people are gone doing Airbnb in Dallas. Which hope it don't happen. But anyways, you have to have these addendums in place too. You know, you say, hey, if the city you know bans Airbnb, if I am no longer able to do Airbnb, if HOA, if whatever, then I can you know I thirty days I can I can leave. You know, you got to have to you know if you got to have these things in place, even if it's a perfect property, wherever is the dream come true, you still got to have some protections. So I put everything in an LLC yeah. and then put everything with, uh, put addendums in there that, that are, that are helpful for you. And, you know, you can go a couple hundred bucks, talk, sit down with the lawyer, draw it up. You know, if they really want
1: you, uh, they'll, they'll sign it. I mean, you know, talking about that, if, if I can, you know, um, touch a little bit on safety, you know, I, I I don't what what happened with with these buildings the other day is like I had an incident myself. I was working in one of the units. I wanted to, to do something. I had an incident where I almost hurt myself pretty bad just because of the condition of the building. Um, so that's an ongoing situation. We can discuss more later on in another episode when we see what happens with that. but you know my my biggest concern is if this would have happened to a guest mm-hmm. or assets. First of all, of course, I'll always be worried about the safety of my guests. Uh, so staying in my house, in my home because these are our, our homes. If someone's hurting one of our properties, that first of all, I will feel awful about that. And then uh, it's like, okay, what happens with our personal assets, right? So you have to be really have to structure your business correctly in order to have, be protected if any of that happens. Um, now that uh you know i, I talk about i think i talked about this in another episode uh, uh, before but I, I got certified as a safety inspector for short-term rentals mm-hmm. and now i'm starting to really understand the amount of liability uh and, and exposure to incidents that we we have you know properties and and something that i'm i'm, I'm really working on for our, for our companies you know when if we onboard a new client we're definitely ha- have to go through a, an inspection process and making sure they're complying with our basic requirements for safety. So you know, you, you saw me a property the other day for for a potential client and she had um you know a bank bed with a fan in the middle or uh, next to the bank bed and that's a no I'm not gonna take management of property with a fan next to a bank bed.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm not gonna take management of property with the bank bed is not um certified and approved. And I'm going to take a property where the the bank doesn't have four inches of rail on the sides if the mattress is too high. she it changes the mattress or arm, you know, we're not going to take management because we're exposing ourselves to incidents and then we are responsible because we are management. So I'll say that's something else that you want to you want to keep in mind, Either even if you're a co-host, if you're a co-host, you're being exposed to that because you are supposed to be making sure that every place is, is, is safe and uh, it's a safe place for for your guests. If you don't have working fire alarms, if you don't have any extinguishers and so, something happens, both you and the owner are liable. Hmm. So for that, and, and you know, we're starting with Ma- Mikey B. Mike Brown was starting a company to certify properties called Pit Stop Home Services. You can find us on, on Instagram. We're just going to do our first um, inspections this weekend. This oh, nice. we don't... Yeah. So when I start, you know, certifying properties and making sure, you know, that people are safe because that's another thing that, that, that comes with these industries where you have a lot of solopreneurs, right? This is the way that I see. I, I see this repeating, I see certain pat- patterns are repeating certain industries. Um, and I'm going to put it all, all in the same mix. I don't know, they're very different, but I'll say Amazon FBA, Dropshipping, Shopify. So online type of business, crypto, and short term rentals, and maybe tourist things that you can start from your own house by yourself, just learning, and uh, you know, and with sometimes some little cash. The problem with that is you're gonna be surrounded by a lot of information, and it's hard to understand what is the good information and separate it from the bad information. Who's just trying to rip you off, and who's actually trying to help you? And then there are no standards in the industry because everyone does it differently. If you go to hotels, you're going to see that hotels have really high safety standards. We worked in the airline industry and we know that in order to get close to an airplane on the, on the airport, you had to go through a long, sometimes it's one month training just as a new hire and then you have monthly safety training, recurrent trainings. And then when it comes to short-term rentals, we just put... A couple of beds in a property, and okay, let's see what happens. <laughs> and no one is thinking about all of those important things. And I, you know, I, I, I mentioned this before. I love to jump into Airbnb and look, look for properties just to see what people are doing, descriptions, photos. You know, learning something new, man. And now I'm starting to see so many things. It's like, you know, I even reach out to 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 saying, Hey, man, you know, just change this just in case for your for your own, you know, well being. Like one bedroom, small bedroom, two queen bunk beds, and a fan in the middle. You have eight people in a bedroom, so if there's a fire, they cannot get away. Mm. They can't they can't exit. They're covering the the window, which is you know the egress point. If you not if you can't get out of the the, the door, <laughs> and you have eight people in a room, and also a fan in the middle, it's like no, right? So then when, when it comes to the regulations, the cities start to, you know, people try to, to ban the short-term rentals just because of the gun gun problems and prostitution and drug use. Like if that will be a problem of the short-term rentals, when mm-hmm. cities should actually should be looking into making sure that people are getting a permit and they're complying with the basic safety measures. Mm. Because we're actually talking about actual, you know, lives in danger for some properties are not Prepared,
0: and it's funny you say basic because, um, when going through getting the our properties in Grand Prairie approved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the inspector came over. You know, you set an appointment. Comes over, and he tell it's kind of like he tells you, you know, kind of like uh, here's the answers to the test. I'm gonna go over there and test you. Here, you better have these answers. You know what I'm saying? So the answers being you better have, uh, it's it, it is basic, super basic because. All he wants to see is that we have a fire extinguisher. He don't care if it was still in the box under the sink. He didn't care. The Fire extinguisher. Um, do we have a first aid kit in each bathroom mm-hmm. and the smoke alarms for each room? That's all. That's all. Pretty much all. He, oh, we had to have a map of exits to the house. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. that that was it. He, if there was bunk beds by a fan, he wouldn't he wouldn't check in on that. If there was other safety issues. He wasn't checking on it. That's all the things. is like four things. And then boom, boom, boom. Here you are approved. And, I, you know, I was happy because we got approved. Great guy, whatever. Um, but like you said, the city is going to do the most basic check for safety. And then um, it's up to you to really, really go in there and, and see
1: what is dangerous for your clients, your guests. But, but let, let me tell you something. That, that is double the best of what most cities are doing so i I actually grateful a lot of citizens for for doing that. I mean, I agree with you that most cities should be doing way more, but just the fact that they're coming I, I, I mean, and they're telling you what you need to do, and it's fine because you know it's like be prepared this is what you need to have. uh, but at least they're checking they have the the, the bare basic. Hmm. Many of the cities, they don't check anything. If, if you look, I, I've been looking at a lot of ordinances. So lately, uh, I'll tell you, I've been talking to a lot of people about, run, you know, I've been running comps and, and, and underwriting deals all across the country. So i became very good at one, running, you know, numbers, running comps, and, and on the other side, um, you know, understanding city regulations and going, you know, and finding the city regulations. And I can tell you that city regulations are all about zoning and, you know, how close are you from another Airbnb, uh, another search range operator, and things like that, but they never go through, uh you know, those safety items. And that is something I would love to see. Even Airbnb, I, I mean, I, I'm surprised that Airbnb is not making it like a requirement for that because they're not actually exposed to all these, you know? So I, I I would assume that, you know, Airbnb should have like a little mini training on safety for your short-term rentals, and you know, they, make, they should make you go through and make sure that you have the amenities on your property.
0: You hear that, Airbnb? That...
1: Hire Federico right now,
0: and he'll go <laughs> and form a team, and he'll, you know, just pay him a few yeah. million, a few millions,
1: a drop in the bucket, but he'll save you from billions in lawsuits. <laughs> you know, to, yeah, and to be honest, I mean, I, I'm just learning all of this, I, I mean... I praise uh, Justin Ford. He's a guy from Bruce Wayne that developed the curriculum and the first, you know, short-term rental curriculum. Um, but, you know, that that, that is the thing. is, It's a whole world and so many things are going to happen in a property and, and people are not aware uh, because, again, you get started, you do your best to try to, you know, separate the good information from the bad information. You know how to get started and you're dealing with so many things like pricing, you know, uh, i calendars and property management system. Now maybe automating some 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 messages. And what is an inquiry? You know, a lot of people are getting started and they don't know what they're doing. So, this is something that we've been we've been learning down the way, down the road, and uh, and definitely it's something I love to see cities see you know start to to to, to apply. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely making sure that everyone that's working with Argus and with us. Is aware of, of the very basic things that you have to have in your properties, making sure your properties are safe. Uh, and and it, it also talks about your customer experience. The way that I see it, if you, if you invest on making your property safe, your guest is gonna notice that, and they're gonna say, "Okay, I'm staying at a, at a place where they're wor- they're worried and they care about my property. That's mm. so for my well being." They care about me not being you know in danger and i can assure you that that's going to bring more five-star reviews um to 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 your to your property mm.
0: here's here's something and i heard this today because mike brown you know friend of the show friend of the you know part of the, the llt family um he sent a he sent the video i guess our buddy theron <clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me he was doing the fight the fight for dallas it's ongoing battle um, but he's, he's helped a lot of cities. Great guy, the, the STR, uh, superhero, you know, STR hero. Um, he, he mentioned something and, and, and it was a great episode. It was like, a, he hopped on this one show, but in, you know, long story short, it, it, he, he mentioned uh, regulations. He, he, he talked about, you know, it, he talked about us, you know, he he mentioned something really cool. He goes, he doesn't even like to say the word opposition anymore. You know, when he goes into a city, you know, it's the people who say homes are not hotels and all this stuff. And they're fighting to ban Airbnb. And then the other side, we're fighting to keep it going because it's our livelihood or most of a lot of our livelihood. And he, he said he he doesn't like using the word opposition because mm-hmm. it, it makes it looks like a negative thing. He said he wants he goes, we got to make them understand we're the good guys, too. You know, and we want right. these bad operators out of Airbnb, oh. just like you do. We want. To have, we we welcome regulations, you know, we welcome good regulations. And you mentioned it. you know, the city doing inspections, stuff like that, keeping everything nice and safe, you know, and, and um, kicking out the people that are letting, letting these house parties go on, you know, uh, just we want to be, we're, we want to be partners with the other side, you know, not the opposition partners, you know, let's find a common ground, let's do this correctly, where, where people don't get hurt and cities can benefit from this you know it's a lot of taxes involved in this that cities that could go do a lot of good for schools and education and whatever you know jobs it's providing a lot of jobs to people you know it's renovating neighborhoods so so um long story longer like i always do um (laughs) he mentioned something cool because he said like let's he said let's take for example chicago Chicago has and you went to Chicago. I never been. I heard, I heard it's beautiful, you know. But but um he said there's some really there's regulations there. They do allow short-term rentals, but they got some kind of tricky regulations where you can do it here but you can't do it here, you know. But he said if you if you do your due diligence, study what's what's allowed and you go and open up uh, an Airbnb or a few of them in the in the right locations, he goes you can make great money. And plus, you'd be on a a type of moat, because it's never going to get oversaturated. And I thought, wow, you know, to go after a city, you know, to go maybe look for cities with semi strict regulations. And if you can get a, a unit up and going there, and you know, all the qualifications get it all safety approved, and the right neighborhood, and you know, of course, sign up to pay the tax. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It's a lot of a lot of due diligence, a lot of homework. You know, everybody hates homework. But if you get in, you're protected against uh, oversaturation, which jumping into Houston was easy, but now you can't make a dollar in Houston, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But I was like, wow, that's kind of you know, reverse
1: thinking. And that that's something that you know what when I when I underwriting deals, um that's the first thing I look is what what is the current uh legislation on short-term rentals is there anything at all And um, you know just for, for my, my my life views i i'm i usually don't like a lot of regulations from from the government <laughs> uh you know coming from from argentina that is a highly state regulated country for absolutely everything um but when i'm buying a when i'm buying and trying to acquire a short-term rental a, a property i'm trying to buy in a place that actually has regulations just to make sure that I, I don't find later on in a uncomfortable spot where things change rapidly when there are no regulations in place. You have, if you think about it, if the city already has regulations because they already thought about it and they decide this is the way we're gonna deal with short rentals, and it's not very likely they're gonna change pretty quickly. Uh, if you jump into a city, that, and that's why I, grew, I bought in Grand Prairie and not in Dallas, because I saw this coming. So I bought in Dallas in May and they banned them in June. So, if you if you're looking for deals, the, f- the first thing you want when you ask yourself is okay, how what is the short-term rental regulations on your state? Then you take it to your county, and then you take it to your city. That's the first thing you want to do when you're looking for a market. Now that you understand that you want to know, okay, is my is is my my state you know probably short-term rentals or not? Like I'm looking into a deal in 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 Nebraska. Uh, now, uh, and Nebraska, they say that they, that the municipalities can not ban short term rentals. So I love that. So, you know, you, you, then you narrow it down county and city. Perfect. Now that you have that, you want to check your HOA. If there's hmm. any or apartment building, whatever it is. Uh, and that's basically your funnel. So you start from the big one, state, county, city, and then building. Uh, because I heard, you know, it may be obvious for us, but I've seen people buying condos and they coming up on in Facebook and saying, "Hey, I bought this condo to short term rentals, and then I figured out that the HA does not allow short term rentals. I don't know what to do with it, mm. right?" And that is a problem because people are encouraging all people to buy buy property and do short term rental without providing all the facts and all the the the, the, the information. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's just telling you're gonna do corporate stays and then you put it on Airbnb. That's not the way it works. Um, mm. So. When I look for places, I look for places with short-term rental regula- regulations, you know, just to make sure that there's something in place. If there's something in place, then I know what I'm playing with. If there's no regulation at all, I don't know then if things change, if I'm going to be grandfathering or not. Sometimes reading code can be very challenging, but take your time. It's worth. If there's there's yeah. a code and 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 there's there's you know I, I remember you and Michael talking about this many times many 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 years ago. I'll say it puts a barrier of entry, and if there's a barrier of entry, the competition's gonna be lower, and then you have more opportunities. Mm. Man, I and think I'll... that's huge, which is what you're saying about Chicago. Mm.
0: And I'll say salute to that. Pour me something to to have with you. Tink, There you go.
1: I'm drinking my favorite wine. My mom was here, and she brought me a favorite wine mail back from from Argentina. So I'm very happy with that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> but, uh, that's awesome. Bottom. Hell yeah! So, so uh,
0: well, a, a funny thing is, like you said, you, you had to go in there and actually read these regulations. And there's, and a lot of these cities, you know, they're they're so full of uh, contradictions in a way. You know, some whoever wrote them, obviously doesn't know anything about short-term rentals. They just say, like, "Hey, here you, hey flunky, over there sitting at that desk, write this, write some short-term rental regulations." okay i'll write something and it does because mention mentioned the city of bedford bedford texas it mentioned that funny one that you read that was like what the what does this mean you know do you remember that one I no i don't know so it said, yeah, so it, said it said if you could get approved i remember you told me you get approved for um short you know it's pretty yeah easy to get a permit right for 30 days under 30 days rentals what did it, it says what did it say
1: yeah i think it was like Short term rentals are considered under 30 days, but if you get a permit for short term rentals, you cannot rent it for more than 30 days. <laughs> so, like, if someone wants to stay 31 days, I cannot rent it. It's like, <laughs> I know, it's funny. It's, you know, when I was looking to buy my, my my fair house, I started to call the cities, you know, to actually get information for the place that I didn't know that very well. So, I had the for deal. I, I was also looking in, in uh, Aisle, you know, uh, North uh, Fort Worth. And yeah, but for I just called the guy and say, hey man, I'm calling to talk to someone in 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 code uh enforcing just to try to understand a little bit, making sure that you know before I buy the property, I'm gonna be fine with getting a permit. Uh so I just wanna make sure, you know, you don't have any 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 uh zoning restrictions that are not noted in the website or something like that. But I'm I'm getting so familiar with the muni websites. You know, every city has a muni website, you have all the ordinances. Um but yeah, he had no idea. He was like, you know. Just tell me, yeah, I think it's gonna be fine, it shouldn't be a problem. Okay. Then I call the seat of ASEL after multiple times trying to call and, and find the guy, the one guy that deals with short term rentals. He's like, hey, yeah, I'm calling because I'm looking into investing in property uh and you know I'm potentially putting in a short term rental. I wanted to know if you have any type of regulations. It's like, no, If they if they're not a problem right now, so if they don't keep, if they keep not being a problem, we're not gonna do any regulations. Mm right so it takes only one party to then <laughs> screw it up for everyone and i was like yeah i mean i was like so do you have any any taxes no we don't have any taxes so, okay <laughs> then yesterday well, what was i reading yeah th- that's the thing i was reading you know so, some cities and they don't have any information about taxes like richardson i was i was looking for richardson texas and no information on the city on the website city anything about H uh hot taxes it's like Okay, you would I'm think gonna, it, I should I'll just go and and you know make sure just you know not to get in trouble. You would think the one thing that government could get
0: right is taxes, right? Because they love to tax yeah, the hell even. out of us. And they... <laughs> not even done. I would say, yeah, I know. I'd say okay, guys, uh, government guys. You know, if I'm in the government, we got the the one thing we we gotta do right is take people's money. All right, the rest yeah. does you know. If it's legal, illegal, how do we do it? Don't matter. Get their money, and then we'll figure it out.
1: You know, I don't know. I just thought it was. We also in Argentina. I mean, the government can't even keep the grass short by the side of the road. So.
0: <laughs>
1: oh man! Yeah. So that the, the regulations part. We're, we're gonna start. You know, uh, uh, I'm gonna draw a, a snake in the, in this yellow thing, and we're gonna change the the, <laughs> the subject of the of it now. You know, it's. It's just like you know, understanding that that sometimes regulations, you know, it, it can be very challenging dealing with government sometimes when they are putting regulations on things that they don't fully understand, uh, when they don't get involved in in the matter to really understand what it, what it, what what is the subject, right? And that's I I feel sometimes where the fr- frustration actually comes from is you get a city trying to regulate this and they're hearing both sides, but they they actually don't know how the whole thing operates because I actually had the opportunity to talk to speak in the in the city council last meeting before they actually banned short rentals. And what I said, I, I you know, going back to what Theron, Theron, the short rental hero, uh says, what I said is there's nothing worse. There's no biggest fear for an operator, a short rental operator having a party, having prostitution, or someone killing the properties. It's not it's not like we're seeing staging this to happen. Mm-hmm. That is my worst fear, man. If, you, if I wake up and I have in my phone messages of someone being killed on a property or having a prostitution ring on my property or having, you know, um, drug dealing in my property, I'll be so, I, I don't know. I'll devastated. Yeah. yeah, hell, uh, uh, So it's not that, that, that people want that. It's just like because of the low barrier of entry, anyone can set up an Airbnb. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to bet a guest. And they end up with that because this is what they need to understand. All of these problems are not going to go away. They're just going to move to another area of the city, which is probably going to be an area that people don't care about Mm. because it's going to be an underdeveloped area where they can, you know, do whatever they want because no one is going to come to enforce an underdeveloped area like the good neighborhoods. And then it creates more disparity. Mm. That's the way that's here, at least. I may be wrong, but I think that's what's going to happen. Because just, if people, if people want to party, they're going to keep partying. They're just going go to go to another area. That's a revelation
0: right now. I just had a revelation. Because in all these battles, and people don't say it, but the, but there are strong undercurrents of racism in all these city battles, yeah. right? It's, oh, yeah. uh, and I don't, I you know, we live, let thrive keeps it real. We put it out there. On the one side of the of the, the meetings where they're all seating, sitting with their shirts, homes aren't hotels, you know, it's a lot of the older white people. You know, I'm just putting it out there and every battle I've seen, it, you know, I'm sure there's it's sprinkled in, you know, some minorities that own houses over there in those areas. But and I just thought of it. I just thought of it right now. And, and you see these parties getting busted up. It's a lot of it. it's a lot of times it's minorities having big parties I'm not saying white kids don't have big parties too but they've white kids have been partying in their own neighborhoods for a long time right Airbnb has made it where the minorities are partying in these neighborhoods sometimes you know like I said that's the ones that get on the news and whatever 100 cars out there all that stuff the fights maybe some gunshots whatever it is that gets you know all the all the media attention and the people wanting all this out of their city but but uh, you 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 made me think of something right now. I'm like, why don't they just party in their own neighborhoods? You know, why don't the minorities just party in their own neighborhoods? And they do, but they don't. It, Airbnb operators, they're not gonna. We're not gonna start a, a house in the hood. We don't want a, We don't want to put an Airbnb in the hood. It's bad for business. We, you know, the people that have money that want to go and travel and go see Dallas or go see whatever city, they we're gonna we want it in a nice neighborhood right mm-hmm. so so there's not these Airbnbs in the hood on uh, these houses you know in the middle of the of the hood like there is you know people would get a house in a nice area because they think it's going to be do better as Airbnb but, so that's that's I just I just thought of it right now I'm
1: like that's, yeah, that's something a that huge thing it's been you know it's something I actually I did thought about it because if you think about it it's like people feel threatened about seeing all the different people coming to the neighborhood that are not the people that are used to see. Mm. not only really about race we're talking about people out of town people i mean from all the countries uh people with an accent whatever it is it's like okay i don't like to have people coming in and out you know like you're saying so i, I agree 100 percent because again if the problem is being pushed to somewhere where i don't see it that's the way that, 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 that i look at it it's like Oh, there's gun, or whatever it is. Yeah, let, let's push it away. You know, uh, and th- this is something that that, that I think it happens in society in many, 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 many other uh, issues. Instead of actually understanding the root of the issue, you just go to, you know, the superficial part. It's like, you know, I I, I don't want to get too political and, too, and into very deep, deep issues of, you know, in this short-term politics, but you can think about it. I mean, a lot of the issues we're not asking why people are doing what they're doing; they're just saying, "Oh, this is this is that seems to be the problem." Um, so, if you talk about, I don't know, drugs, for example, as we we're saying in 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 our short term rentals, it's like, okay, but actually, why people are using so much drugs instead of because it's not a short term rental again; they're going to go to another property, another location to do that. So, you know, bringing it back to short term rentals as operators, where I can say is. Try to be in areas and locations that already have regulations and try to comply and be a good operator in order to make sure that you are not, you know, not everyone get busted and, you know, stop being, you, you, you get stopped from being a, a short-term operator in your area, um. but doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. So you can prevent stuff from happening. How? By asking questions, by, you know, I, 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 I think this is, it is a cycle and let me tell you what, what I see happening. A city with no regulations is a low barrier to entry. A low barrier to entry is going to get a lot of properties. A lot of properties are going to create a lot of competition. It's going to create saturation. And saturation is going to drop prices. When you drop prices, anyone can book the properties. And when anyone can book the properties, it's going to bring undesirable, uh, um, you know, situations and guests sometimes. Mm. So, and that is what then triggers the regulations. Mm. Because I think we've seen that. That's why it hit up in the last year. I think the banning short rentals in Dallas because a lot of people started doing short rentals and then, oh, you're, you can book a house for $90 a night. And then, yeah, let's book a house for $90 a night and try, throw a party. And the person who is a host is not, you know, asking the right questions to bet that that, that stay. <laughs> you know, yeah. how many times we've seen a new property being launched or we go to the Canada and they only have the Saturdays booked hmm There's people that don't have a minimum stay on the weekends.
0: It's nuts, man. And and um and, and I'll go back to Theron real quick. And and people ask him, this is like one of the most questions he gets asked, right? Is like, okay, well, why isn't Airbnb at these city halls fighting to to save short-term rentals? You know, why aren't they there? Or, or VRBO or whatever? And he said, it's not their fight, you know. And first of all, and they're the ones that people are hating, you know, so you're going to bring the devil in the room to argue for the devil. Um, It goes, it it, it goes, it's, it's the, the citizens of the city are the ones that have to have to, you know, fight to keep the rights to do something like that. And Airbnb, in in Airbnb's case, you know, they're the, they're the ones that kind of opened up Pandora's box and the cities weren't prepared for this. The cities weren't prepared at all for doing legislation. like Uber. Exactly. And Uber's still here, you know, and they're thriving. I, I guess I don't know what the their story is, but they're they're in every city and every place, whatever. Um, but Airbnb, you know, they they just made it where anybody could do this anywhere, and the cities were not prepared for what's going to happen when when that happens, you know. And so now they're they're learning. So they're 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 and the only person I see that that has the right, um, I would say, remedy for it or kind of a, a um, a way to to get this to work to get this to keep going on in cities and us you know operators operating it is theron because he talked about right. he said he 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 doesn't just go let's go sue the shit out of him you know whatever that's not going to work they got endless money you know tax dollar monies to to protect themselves against lawsuits uh is getting lobbyists to go sit down and talk to him and say listen let's let's make let's some smart regulations let's um show them maybe show them hey this is how much income. Airbnb could bring or short term rentals can bring into your city, which happens to be bankrupt right now, you know, you can (laughs) have you can have like 9% taxes on these houses and, and how, you know, making multi millions of dollars bringing into your city that you can use. Um, And, you know, it'll, um, it'll help, it'll help the city and and then we'll keep the, you know, we'll we'll make it where, uh, like you said, barrier to entry that everybody it it kind of educating these, these um, council people, right. As they we're, were. Make it where not everybody and everybody and their mama can open up an Airbnb. They have to go through these regulations that you set that we can help you set. You know, and get them talking to them, explaining them, the, and the positives of uh, having short term rentals in the neighborhood. And, and then um, you know, making a, a a compromise for both sides and making it a, a positive thing. So I think I think Theron's doing the the best in, in, in this whole situation, and, and we really appreciate his work out there. But it's just uh, everybody's getting educated on this, man. It, it's a, uh, it, it's um, it's a sticky situation, and uh, yeah. we've we've been going through it. I've been going through it for years now. Arlington uh banded. I have houses in Arlington. Hearst banded, I have a oh, house man. in Hearst. Um, everywhere I've had Airbnb, it's been banned so far. Uh, I guess Fort Worth technically. Um, hey, you're the problem. Yeah, it's me and <laughs> Dallas now. Yeah, fuck yeah. And so wow. it's it, it's just um, I don't know, man. It, it like you said. Um, if you make things a little bit difficult for people uh they're probably not going to do it that's just human nature
1: and let me let, let me you know say something about that because i don't, I don't want to sound like an asshole you know people saying that ah oh, there should be a, a high barrier to entry so only the people who have the knowledge can get into this that, that's not what i'm saying um something I, I love about this type of businesses is that it gives the opportunity to a lot of um, minorities and people you know mm. with uh different backgrounds to get into into you know uh entrepreneurship i'm saying that as an immigrant i got here in november i just started from there uh uh, i have an accent i'm latino so what i what what i mean with the the barrier of entry is provide people with the basic resources and guidelines so they can get started with the right food i think Airbnb again should have a pro program where they give you the basics that you need to understand when operating I think that cities should have the basic requirements so you don't screw up. Mm -hmm. I can assure you, you know, think about the process of listing a a property in Airbnb. I I know you haven't done it in a while because you know we have people that do it for us, um, which is great. But nowadays you can set up a listing many three clicks. They ask you the bare minimum information. It's just like, okay, put the photos, give me a title, mark the basic amenities write a little description, boom, you're live. Oh, set, set up a base price. If you don't know what you're doing, I remember when I first used Airbnb as a host many years ago for my spare room, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. And you start getting these bookings, it's like, oh, someone booked the Saturday at $50. What, <laughs> what did I do? It's because people don't have the minimum understanding of what is a minimum stay, what are what type of cancellation policy should I use? How do I accept the last minute booking? Who do I who do I, you know, set up? Who can book instantly and who shouldn't book instantly? So, you get your hands in your an Airbnb account, a listing for the first time. You don't know what you're doing. That's a good point, man. Because that's part of, that's Airbnb's
0: fault in a way that. Yeah. Not only is it making it where you know it's so easy to set up but a few clicks, and you got and you're oh shit, I, how did I I published? I guess I'm I'm live. You know, you don't even know, you don't even realize when you get to the last page. It just says okay, yeah. boom, and, and I think that's that's a big that's a that's bad on Airbnb's part that they make it like that. They should at least make it. Hey, are you sure you want to do one night rentals on weekends? They could encourage party situations. I don't know. There should be a little something. But and then in their eyes, they want to make it as simple as possible so more people can do it. So, but then they're hurting themselves at the same point because someone that is a first-time Airbnb, you know, setter upper, (laughs) you know, we've done a bunch of them, you know, we we know what to like, oh crap, before I go publish, I'm gonna go in there and go back and then I'm gonna manually change these things because you have to do it. It's kind of like advanced settings in a way, you know. I'm saying you gotta go manually and do these things because we know, because if you hit that publish button they could book out freaking christmas
1: tomorrow you know what i'm saying and then for 50 bucks or whatever it is i i have a video that i did that i need to upload and put somewhere to share with people which is how to set up a listing from 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 scratch and i count because you know i i listed my property in in argentina a couple of uh a couple of weeks ago fully booked until september which i'm very happy mid-september Um, but yeah, I put my condo from Argentina, uh, live on Airbnb. So I created a new account and I went through the entire process of setting up the account, setting up the listing and going through the, all the adjustments you need to do after setting up the listing. I did a video. I need to put it on YouTube or I'm going to put it somewhere for people to see it, you know, free. It's just because it's, it's, it's what you need to, 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 to know the very basics when you launch a property. Can
0: you put that on Twitter? Do they allow videos? Yeah. Okay. What's what's your Twitter handle, or do you have a STR yeah.
1: guide? Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put a link there. Uh, okay, on, on Instagram. Yeah, because people yeah. Less, right now they are listening, like, oh shit, I want to see that video. You know, yeah, I would. I would reach out to me that. STR guide. Uh, I, I'm gonna put it somewhere because that is the thing. There's so many things that you need to understand how, how you know every checkbox, every drop, uh, drop option, uh, how you call it, a drop, uh, drop, down, drop down, drop down, drop down. And a drop-down checkbox, uh, multiple choice, whatever it is that Airbnb is offering, everyone's going to affect the process of your listing being booked, right? How your listing is displayed to whom? Uh, sorry, my dog is here playing with me. <laughs> That's <all> right. <laughs> uh, so, so that 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 makes a huge difference. So you want to make sure that you know. Really, once you you set up your listing, go to your listing action and go to every tab and every, every section, try to understand what it means. I'm going to share this video because that is the thing. There's so many adjustments you need to do, but if you don't know what you're doing, everything is new. And again, and you hear all these people just putting that Airbnb so easy. And yeah, and, and, and you know, you should think about the pro- process of launching your Airbnb, either buying or doing an arbitrage, just the acquisition process is already extremely difficult, extremely overwhelming. Finding a property, trying to have a bare idea if it's gonna do well on Airbnb, you know, not having an idea how to comp, you know, it's just like, well, I see that other Airbnbs in the area. How do I design this to be an Airbnb? What am I in this do I put? What do I need to have? All of that already is overwhelming. And then you are listing your property. By that point, you're already so exhausted. Mm. And then you lose your property and you have no idea what you're dealing with. You know, mm. I'm really thinking about first-time operators. And then you start having bookings, like people are booking. And I've seen this in the Facebook groups and everywhere. It's like, oh, I set up my listing for people not to book last minute. I just got a booking. I need to go open this person last minute. And it's 11 p.m., right? Mm. So, man understanding that for first-time operators is huge um i'm gonna share more education on that reach out to me if you have any questions but um i think that's part of the problem as well
0: yeah and that was part of the questions i had on here to, to ask you too was okay. what what steps what would be like you know five steps or ten steps to for first-time operators either setting up their own airbnbs or or managing for somebody becoming a co-host i was gonna ask you those steps but that's gonna you know it would be it would be best if you did have a a video you know to show people and and we can add it in our show notes too if you do have a video or go to go to at at str guide s-t-r-g-u-i-d-e at str guide go there because i have a feeling fit is going to be up all night working on something like that to have for you guys (laughs) yeah and because this episode will drop tomorrow wednesday um so yeah if you have that, go to at STR guide and, and you can reach out to Federico too. You can send him a message. He'll give you, oh, that. Yeah. but he, I'm he sure. loves to share and give away shit for free. You know, I, I tell him, dude, you know, let's make some money from this shit. I just... <laughs> 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 but, but go follow Federico. He gives all these badass tips, you know, he does all kinds of, he likes to be getting his hands dirty outside too. He likes to get yeah. into, he likes to be out in the field. It just, he's nonstop, man. And, um and I'm happy, I'm happy I have him as a partner in this company, you know, and, and that we're building something great. And, and we, we love what we do. You could tell, I mean, I've, I've been doing this shit for six years, seven years on the the podcast or whatever, uh fed it. He saw what I was doing. I remember he, <clears throat> when I would pick you up from the airport all the time and shit, and you would always ask me questions, and, and like I was t- renting out my my uh, Arlington house by the stadiums for like I was telling you, yeah, I'm making like four or five grand a month. And you're like, what? You know, you're like, holy shit! You know, what's your mortgage? Uh, mortgage is this, you know, whatever it was, fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred, and you're making three
1: that. What? You're, you're like, you, you just were man. fascinated
0: by it, man. And of I course- remember, that-
1: I remember, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I remember exactly. I can close my eyes and tell you where I was walking on. You know, my my the The street of my house in Argentina, walking, listening to little Drive, like being blown away by what you guys were doing. You know, it, it was we're talking about the first days. What was this man? Twenty twenty, I think it was twenty nineteen. I remember so well being listening to Little Drive, and you know, trying to rub my head. I, I you know, I had the dream. It's like I'm gonna get to America. I'm gonna be buying real estate. I'm gonna be doing this. One day, <laughs> I, it seems so far away, man. But like, well, here we are. I mean, I'm here. Look, look at this. This is, this is our new house with a pool, three bedroom, two bath here, and already looking for a new one. <laughs> <laughs> it's and addictive. that's the beauty. And that's the beauty about this country. That's why I have the flag over there. I love America. I'm so grateful to be here. And and that's something that you know we're talking about. There's some problems in society that happens everywhere. But that's something that that you know that I hope that some that that everyone appreciates living in a, in a free country where you actually can do if you think if, if you have a, a goal and objective and you really work hard for it you can make it here and i think that is huge and that's something that doesn't happen in every country in the world and um, um it's again it was fourth of july a couple of days ago and, and you know it was very special my first fourth of july living here uh and you know for me it's like okay I'm I, I'm building the, the American dream. I, I will say I will say this to that man. That's
0: that's beautiful. Um, but I I I work. Like, I still have my day job. You know, I, I go sometimes. I don't go all the time. Two or three <laughs> days a week, or whatever. If I if
1: I feel like it. getting to you out of there,
0: yeah, getting out of there. And um and I'm surrounded by a lot of people that just complain and complain and complain about you know everything. You know, we're not getting paid enough. They pay plenty over there. Uh, we're not, you know, this <laughs> or that. Oh, they expect me to do some work, you know. Uh, <laughs> just whatever the, the complaints are, right? And, and just being around that negativity really, really drains you. If you're in that situation, get the fuck out of that situation. At least, you know, go make, go make less money somewhere else and be in a positive situation. Because then it just, it'll help you to grow, you know. But anyways, um, just being around constant negativity is, is bad for the soul. Um, but, you know, if I go on a tangent here... Um, I would tell I tell these people or anybody people that that's negative a lot of times, you know, and we get a lot of that here in this country for some reason. And you look at the news and the world's uh, but it's is everywhere. Big. US is burning down. Um I go to Mexico, you know. I just got back from from Mexico from Guadalajara, and um, and I see firsthand how people live. You know, in the real towns, I'm not saying if you go to Cancun, you stay in the fucking resort. You know, you don't see, <laughs> you don't see shit, right? You might see the oh, look over there. There's some, you know, poor people. But, but I, I stay in it, you know, in in the third world type conditions, and, and it's just like, holy crap, we got so much here, you know. And, and it's not just um living in in poor conditions, what we would consider, you know, poverty. I mean, they're middle class, middle classes in like somewhere like Mexico. Or wherever you know, part a lot of parts of the world is considered uh, middle class when and and where would be considered here like way below poverty, like oh yeah, way below poverty, and um, no air condition, no nothing, no running water, stuff like that. You know, I am saying that's where a lot, a lot of the world lives, and that's not to me. That's not the worst of it. The worst of it is there is there is zero hope for mm. improving or 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 your kids are gonna gonna get out of it or their kids are gonna get out. There's no hope, you know, in a lot of these situations. There's in a lot of these countries, there's the ultra rich and then there's the poor. That's it. There's yeah. no middle class. And the middle class is, you know, here like I said, here would be considered poor. But when you go, I I wish like a lot of these people that are so negative here would go to a place like that and see that firsthand and see those conditions and see how 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 a people are affected when there is no hope to climb. Here, anybody can start any business. Go pay twenty bucks at the freaking office, and then you have yourself a business. And you can do whatever you want. You can start mowing yards. You can more, you know, if you want to make more money, more mow more yards and hire people to mow yards for you. And it's so easy to start a business and then advance yourself here. Anybody can do it, you know. And and you say, "Well, poor people here in the poor situation." There's so many examples of poor people that I know. You know, I didn't grow up rich. Excuse me. But it, it's just the, the opportunity here, you know, that's what I, I noticed the most where you go to countries and there's just zero hope, zero opportunity. We're always going to be poor. We're all going to live in this little house. You know, my kids are going to be poor. Their kids are going to be poor. It's just generational generation of no hope at all. And so
1: go look at that and then come back and complain. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's exactly the background where i are coming from. Um, You know, People people don't understand in Argentina if you want to open a hot dog stand, you need at least 30, 30 different type of permits. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you can look it up you need like 30 permits maybe, maybe, maybe short you need you know you need a permit from uh from the guy that sells the, the sausages uh the hot dogs, the the buns, you have to transport um then I mean it's stupid, it's stupid. Uh, it's overregulated. It's so Um, There's more people working for the government than actually in the private sector. So it's becoming a Ponzi scheme because right now there's not enough people to tax to pay for the for the government jobs. So they print money, and that's why you end up with a uh, 100% inflation every year, mm-hmm. right? Which is what, what what left. So just to give you an, ex- an example, when I started my corporate job at American Airlines. In uh, because my 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 contract was in Argentina, I started there in two thousand and twelve, earning in dollars. I was earning a thousand two hundred dollars um a month, and ten years later, with a supervisor type of a salary, I was uh, when I left, I, I was getting like eight hundred dollars a month. Hmm. But I went from earning like twelve hundred thousand sorry one thousand two hundred pesos, and oh. when I left, I was earning one hundred fifty thousand pesos. But it was worth nothing. That's inflation caused by, by that, right? So there's no. I think I talked about that, right? So there's no no credit for 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 real estate for you know mortgages that don't exist. Uh, when when we bought our, 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 our condo, or condo over there, we had to pay in cash, and you know you had to count the, the, the bills, everything in dollars for real estate because places devaluate. Uh, so we we had to count all the, the bills in in a, in a in a room in a large large table and everyone's like counting bills like that. We, and you, so you go with a with a bag of U.S. dollars, like <laughs> if you're a <in> narcos. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a normal transaction for real estate. It's crazy. And the crazy thing is, Argentina was a country that had it was the only country in Latin America that actually had a strong middle class and got destroyed by the inflation uh, and the devaluation devalu- of the currency. So. This weekend, my group of friends, the ones that are left, they had another uh, farewell party this weekend for one of them. my friends are moving to Spain. So all my friends are either in Europe or, you know, moving to the U.S., Canada. You know, they're all professionals, engineers, yeah. um, you know, uh, business Doctors, degrees, and, stuff like that, and they're all living. They brain see. drain, brain drain. And if they're not living they're, 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 yet, they're looking on, on ways to live. So another friend is moving to Chile in a couple of a uh, couple of months. So I was only a a, a a hand, you know, a bunch of them are are, are staying in Argentina just because they, they 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 need to take care of the family or they have a the family business and it's hard for them to leave. Otherwise, they, they will be leaving, right? Mm. And when I tell them about my life here, they're like, "Man, you are so lucky." And, you know. You're... So yeah, I'm grateful. Wow. Cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to that man we both went on our little rants there yeah it's That's just what you know, we do. it's feeling grateful again it's just you know i understand that 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 that, that sometimes you, you go on the day-to-day uh and when you don't get to experience something different you may feel that that what you're surrounded by may not be very positive uh so getting that different perspective i think is very helpful so so if you're thinking about getting a business you can start in a business if you're you're doubting about you know getting started something you are in the best place to do it. You are in the best country to do it. There's no better place to to, to start a business. And there's a lot of education out there. If, if, you, if you're listening to leave the thrive you're already going on the right path because you're getting the good information. you can reach out to me if you have questions. I'm happy to help people run comms, answering questions, uh, answering you know doubts, answering fears that you may have with getting started. It's just to, you know, because for all the opportunities that I've been given, I want to give back so i'm happy to help
0: and and that's the thing that's a cool part of our show um me and micah when we do it we don't we don't pretend to be the gurus that have all the answers do this 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 and you're going to be successful and be a millionaire in a week you know we don't do that shit this shit is hard this is a lot of hours it's a lot of stress it's it's uh what do they say Uh, an entrepreneur is someone that'll work 100 hours a week so they don't have to work 40. You know that's, that's an expression. That's true, and, and plus, there's a lot of stress because like failure is not an option. You know, what I'm saying I go to work. I don't even have to work that day very hard, and I'm still gonna get a paycheck. You know, what I'm saying, yeah. But but entrepreneur, no, you can't bullshit like that. You you gotta you gotta go and invent this money. You know, what I'm saying, and well, yeah. and and um. So so it's just uh, um it's just a mindset you know it, it's hard it's hard we we preach on the show we make mistakes all the time and we but we learn from them you know and we go make some more we're going to make mistakes we don't even know about we don't know what we don't know yet you know <laughs> we're going to make bigger mistakes in the future because oh, yeah. we're going to do bigger deals and bigger businesses bigger it's going to grow it comes with growth you know growing pains and, and it, like we mentioned on the show before every time a, a company doubles or whatever it's a different company altogether so we we don't even know what mistakes we're going to make in the future but we know we're going to make it. we know we know we can. There's a way to solve them. That's the main thing, you know. And we appreciate all the listeners listening to the show. You know, we we shoot you straight. We don't bullshit you. There's no fucking magic. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, hacks or whatever to just all of a sudden become successful. Whoever tells you that, they're fucking lying. Don't believe them. And don't give them. <laughs> don't give them ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars because that's on you. You fucking moron. Sorry, we're cussing now. <laughs> the drinks are pouring through us, but we love you, listeners, because we know you're not really morons. But don't go give your money to.
1: Fucking anyway.
0: like that yeah we're, we're, we're yeah go to clubhouse and listen to all that drama going on right now with all these <laughs> scammers fucking scammers out there i called it i called it anyways great show thank you for hopping on federico oh, yeah, zimmerman find him at a at at at, at find him at str guide you know and, and go hit him up he answers all his his fan mail, all his emails, all his whatever mails, <laughs> uh, she mails, he mails, all that stuff. He answers uh-huh. it all, and, and uh, he's a great dude, and, and I'm happy... He's my partner. Love you, brother. And um, you, thank y'all for listening to Live, Let, Thrive. Live, Let, Thrive at gmail.com. Live, let, all that fun stuff. Hit me up, Stevie Stacks. Hit up Argus Reynolds. We'll manage for you so you don't have to go through all these headaches and we'll make, it, you make your stack grow. So yeah, <laughs> thank y'all for listening. We will talk to y'all later. Peace. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails Bye-bye.